Okay, future Harrison jumping in here super quick without even an intro. Times are weird. It's been a long time. So without before anything, I wanted to personally apologize for how long it's been since we uploaded an episode, but also thank you guys for your patience. Obviously, for all of us, times are crazy with the quarantine, um, trying to work in ways to provide for our families. So I hope that everyone is staying home and staying safe. But also, on top of that, I had a, a two-year anniversary with my wife, which was wonderful. I enjoyed it, but I just wanted to spend time with her and not focus on the podcast and give her the time that we both wanted together, which was great. So thanks, everybody, for letting me celebrate my anniversary with my wife. Appreciate your patience in getting these episodes out. Um, but to reward you for your patience, we're cranking out a ton of episodes this week. If you're listening to this episode, it, it is at least May 20th. That's going to be a Wednesday. Um, so if you're listening to the day of... Today, you got Avengers Endgame, Wednesday. Thursday, the next day, you're going to get a 1917 episode with just Caden Kelton. I'm not going to be there for that one. Then Friday, you're going to get a Spider-Man Far From Home. We're finally finishing up the MCU with a close of the Infinity Saga with Spider-Man Far From Home. That's coming out Friday. And then Saturday, to make up for me not being there in 1917... I'm going to release another solo episode, do a re-review of Mad Max Fury Road because it's its five-year anniversary. I love that movie. It's my all-time favorite movie. I wanted to do a re-review for my own self to have fun, but also for you guys. I felt like there was more I had to say about it that having started with that movie so early on, I wasn't equipped yet with delivering my thoughts in the way that I felt were adequate about how good that film is. So three episodes this week, and then immediately after that, Monday, May 25th, Memorial Day here in the United States, you're going to get another episode. So you're getting four episodes in less than a week. Um, We would appreciate it uh, if you guys subscribe, check out all those, but also thanks again for your patience. Now on to the actual episode. Okay, everybody, welcome back to the Basement Binge. It has been a long time, sadly, since we have done one of these episodes, and we have been delayed, but finishing up the MCU, well, not quite, but we finally got to Avengers Endgame. Man, this was a hurdle to get to, but we're here. My name's Harrison. I'm Kelton. I'm Cade. Let's get to this. So, yeah, I want to, before we start anything, I apologize that this has been so late, guys. It's, it's just things have been crazy with being quarantined. Had an anniversary with my wife, which was great to celebrate, but there's just been a lot of hurdles for the three of us to be able to get together and record this, but we're here. So, let's jump in, like we always do. All right, so, first off, this part of our spoiler wall, this is what we call our two cents. We each get two minutes to talk about our first impression of the, of the movie, and... There will be no spoilers, so if you haven't watched this movie yet, feel free to listen. We won't spoil anything for you, and then you can stop the podcast, go watch it, and then join us later. So, Cade, you have my two minutes up on the timer, and I'll get going. All right, Avengers Endgame. Holy cow. I This movie is, I would say, you have to watch at least at least the each of the Avengers that came out before Endgame. Um, you know, like Avengers 1 and then Age of Ultron and then Infinity War and then Endgame because there's so much going on in Endgame that you just would be completely lost if you haven't seen the other Avengers. But this movie, I feel like, is so huge because there's so much coming together all at once. As you imagine, of like the 20 movies that came before it, 
or the 21, I think, because I know there's another movie after this, part of the MCU. But anyways, they are all accumulating to this one movie. So it is huge. And the hype is insane. And if any of you guys haven't watched this yet, I know the time looks insane. It's a three-hour movie. But as you start to watch it, you can understand why. Because so much needs to happen. And if you, as you have like over like a hundred different characters trying to bring them all in and you have like eight different stories going at once, it's just like jam-packed. This is a movie that's really intense that will require all of your attention if you're watching it. It's not a kind of thing you can have in the background and do like a puzzle or like to hang out with some friends or something. This is a movie that requires your complete undivided attention because it is so intense and there's so much going on. Um, it is definitely, it can be kind of like really stressful. It's not super like funny in a way. There's like, you know, the occasional joke, but this movie is straight intense, insane hype. And even though I've watched this movie like four times before, there are certain scenes where I just want to like stand up and like run through a freaking wall because it's so much hype. And I love this movie so much. So if you haven't watched it, please, please, please go watch this movie because it's incredible. I love it. All right. Nice two cents there, Colin. I'm next. Okay. This movie. Oh, my gosh. This movie is a cultural experience. You have to watch at least once. Just to feel the whole... It's 10 years of work put into this whole story all put together into a as compacted as possible but as you know as logical as possible for it to all make sense just and it's just fire hosed three hours into your freaking face and it's oh my gosh it's 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 amazing and there's a lot of movies that there's a lot of movies out there that really are just she like just massive and just so intense when you when you first watch it. Then as you watch it more and more, it's less and less, and you need longer time in between to watch those movies. But this movie, the intensity does not die out. The more times you watch it, at least this this is how I feel, and that's why I feel like this movie is so important on a cultural standpoint. And just if you like a movie, this is a movie that you need to watch because it's got it's got the whole spectrum of what this movie delivers to you is ridiculous. And those who have watched the Marvel movies building up to this single movie, it's it's a it's a movie for me that I read myself I've watched is like once in a lifetime experience watching for the first time, letting the whole story unfold, seeing it all happen, which is I can't describe other than the point where like that that was an epic ending to the whole movies of just ten years of everything. And it's it's a must watch. Like you gotta watch this movie. It's so crazy. So crazy. All of everything coming together and just hectic. I just recommend this so hard. Like you can't if you're gonna watch one movie, watch this one. Cause it's amazing. And that's my two cents. Harrison, All right. You, you ready, Harrison? That leaves me. Start my timer. You're up. Okay. 
I've had an interesting experience watching the movie this time and that it's really because of how busy I've been, it's been really broken up. I didn't have three hours of time to sit down and watch the whole movie. So I just had it downloaded on my phone and would watch snippets of it here and there when I had time. And like at one point I got full, like through an hour and a half of the movie, the first hour and a half and the second hour and a half just was super rocky. And there were moments where I had watched other movies in between or was thinking about other movies in between. And every time I came back to this movie, I was expecting to be less satisfied with it. Meaning, like, I was expecting to come back to the movie and think, ah, you're right, here's another flaw in the movie. But every time I came back, I was impressed by how good it was and how much I was enjoying it. Like, I was almost, like, trying to dislike it for whatever reason. Like, I was ready to just rip on it without before i even watched it and then i started watching it and was continually impressed you know that it is a huge cultural event like Cade said it's 10 years of mc work and 21 movies previous to this it's just huge like all the character build up everything all the the binge points that we call here the easter eggs and details the fun references the love letter to the fans of the mcu that this is on top of being a great team-up movie, a great superhero comic book movie that's also actually full of a ton of emotion. A lot of the MCU movies are just like really like lighthearted and a ton of fun, which isn't a bad thing. Like that's definitely what they're trying to be. But you wouldn't think a comic book team-up movie to have so much character development for these characters that we love and so much emotion behind everything that they do involved in it. Like just every moment I was impressed with the actors on screen, they like they're really putting in the work in this. It's not like they think that these are dumb roles. I maybe they do, but they're putting in work. I don't know. I like I'm in a weird situation where like I was ready to dislike this movie and was positively impressed by it consistently in my broken up watch of it. So yeah. There's my spoiler free two cents. Thanks for the I don't know what I was gonna say thanks for. That was <laughs> Thanks guys. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm done. Graduation speech. So, yeah, that was that was a little different, uh, everyone. Consistent listeners of the show. Normally, our spoiler wall is just a minute, but we decided that our spoiler wall and two cents segment was kind of repetitive, so we changed our two cents to the spoiler wall. Now it's a little different, but that is your spoiler-free reaction to this movie. If you have not seen it, uh, watch all the other Avengers movies and then watch this one. Don't just, like, go cold watch this movie. It won't be the same. Uh, but, yeah, pause the podcast. You don't want this movie ruined. Go watch the movie. Um, yes, this is your to, spoiler warning. To, yes, come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. Um, if you are new, we appreciate you coming and checking out our podcast. Thank you. Um, just a few quick announcements. If you like our show, please subscribe. We would appreciate it on any of your podcasting, listening apps, download all the episodes. We would appreciate it. Share it with somebody you like. I don't know, all those good things. Follow us on social media. We're everywhere. You can find it in the show notes. We just appreciate you know, you guys can engage with us if you like what we had to say about it. Um, but on to the rest of the regular scheduled program for everybody else with a new segment. All right. Kind of new segment. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is our question time with Kelton. So for those of you who don't know, this is we really hope you people as listeners get to know us a little more so we can become homies online so be, so what we're going to do is a question time every week we have a random question that are hopefully ways that you guys can get to know us a little better and so Cade for this question we pick a number between 1 and 100 
52. 52. All right, the question is, how often do you buy clothes and from where? Oh, interesting. Huh. Okay. Uh, I guess I, since I picked the number, I'll go first. Um, how often do I buy clothes? I love getting new clothes. It's this... I don't know, the excitement behind it is great. And especially since in, the, in, in this pandemic, everything's delivered to your house. So you get, you're getting packages and stuff. And I love getting packages in the mail. It's so much fun. Just going up there and finding, finding it, finally after waiting a couple of days. Um, I usually buy, this is kind of a weird, I don't know if, I don't know if very well people have heard of this brand. It's called Hoop Culture. It's a basketball brand. It's a kind of a new upcoming brand. It's been around for a couple of years, but the way they the way they design their their uh, their shirts and stuff, it's long, but the sleeves are not long itself. So it it cover it's built for tall people. That's basically what the brand is for. Because a lot of players that play basketball, they have. They're tall. So it accommodates for that. I'm kind of a tall person. I'm 6'2". So, but I love basketball and I love their brand. It's, it looks fresh. It's clean. That's one of my favorites, favorite brands. My other favorite brand is, it's actually changing from a, from Nike to Adidas. I used to love the Nike, but Adidas is actually my favorite as of right now. It changes a lot. So how often do you buy clothes then? Um, I, it's probably every two weeks or three my longest span of buying clothes is like a month alright good to know alright what about you Harrison um, according to my wife I don't buy clothes enough <laughs> she's always wanting to buy me new clothes because a bunch of my clothes are old and I just kind of make it work with my style which I wish I had more clothes to be honest I mean I'm grateful for what I have I don't want to sound selfish um, but it is nice to get new things I agree with Kate um, so uh, how often do I buy the new clothes? Probably like once every three months. Maybe less than that. Maybe like once every six months. Uh, <laughs> not frequently. My wife, like when I get new clothes, it's usually because my wife bought them or convinced me to buy them. Like I rarely, if ever, go and like, I want a new item of clothing and like go get it myself. Like it's always like my wife bring up like, hey, we have a little extra money this month. So we want to buy some new clothes. Uh, yeah. But where would I go to shop at them? Uh, Urban Outfitters. That's where I always go. I'm like into that like retro throwback type style. Specifically retro. Not like antique but more retro. So I love Urban Outfitters. That's where I go the most. Except for, this is a random factoid about myself. I guess just to get to know me. Except for pants. I can only buy pants from Old Navy. And the reason (laughs) is because I have ridiculously long legs. Yeah, it's not because I like their pants. It's just like shorts I can buy from most places. But like my legs are super long. So I'm 6'3", which I'm tall, and, and so my legs are already long. But then my family's jeans is, like, super short torsos and super long legs. Uh, so, yeah, my legs are super long. Like, standing next to my wife, my legs go up to, like, her chest. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so and Up I'm to, really, like, your hips? Is that what you're, is that what you're referring yeah, to? my hips. Like, the top of my hips. So, like, if, for anybody who knows pant sizes, I'm also pretty thin. So I'm a 32 waist probably could fit in a 30 waist but that doesn't exist in the size i need so i'm a 32 waist and a 36 inseam which is impossible to find anywhere except for (laughs) online at old navy they don't even have it in store so 
Yeah, that's a random factoid about Harrison. He's got weird. <laughs> Alrighty. Get to know all of us on a personal level. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, if you guys want to send me some pants, I'd appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't send them to me, but. 36 inseam pants. <laughs> yeah, if you guys the find. Okay, if you can help me. If you guys can find 32 waist, 36 inseam pants, let me know. I need some. <laughs> Alright, so how often do I buy clothes? Pre-quarantine, it was like maybe once a month. I didn't I don't really buy clothes. I love buying like new hoodies and stuff like that and like jackets and whatnot. In terms of shirts, I kinda go like in spurts. I'll buy like ten at once and it'll last me like a year or something. But I my personal weakness is shoes. Like I love buying shoes. Especially like whether it's if I'm gonna use them all, I absolutely love doing it. Like buying hiking shoes and then buying work shoes. And then, like, football cleats, basketball shoes, like, dope sandals for the lake, like, anything. Like, I, I just love buying shoes. Like, I bought a shoe rack, and now it's, like, full again, so I gotta buy another. But, and then where do I go for clothes? I love H&M just because they're stylish, and it's, like, super cheap. And then probably the all-time MVP would definitely be Ross, dressed for less, just because it's so dang cheap. Oh, and you get Ross. some sick. Oh. It's, like, a doper DI, you know? You can go to, like, at different Rosses, uh, and you Ross? find, like, some sick, sick clothes that you, like, wouldn't find at another Ross, you know? So it's kind of like you're hunting, and if you see, like, a crazy cool shirt or, like, a jacket or something, you, like, buy it. Because, like, that's you're not going to find that anywhere else. So I love Ross. And I think yeah, I major think shout Ross. out to thrift stores. <laughs> yeah, I think Ross is the new DI, in my, in my opinion. Because it's just, like, it's, it's where the new stuff is and like you get it for like dirt so for cheap those and of stuff. you for those of you not in utah the di is a thrift store here in <laughs> utah. it's called desert industries that's 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 why it's called di just for shorts and slang but it is a thrift store but ross DI, is man. where it's at we yeah a lot of people forget about it but ross has got some sweet stuff in there a plus plus i've got ross. both i got my under armor shoes and my adidas shoes from ross Yep. It seems like I didn't even know this guys. You seem like people who like are into shoes and clothes. Like, yeah, you guys kind of like little, I had no I'm a idea. Fashionable, I'll be honest. <laughs> I I genuinely had no idea that that was something that you guys were like were into. Yeah, like, everybody has to buy clothes to be dressed, but like some people really into it and some people aren't. Not I, like I like clothes. Okay, this is a weird thing to say. I like it because <laughs> I have a specific style. It, it it excites me when I find something that fits that style. But I'd way rather spend my money on so many other <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, see, if it's a know, sick I, pair of shoes, I, I always love getting new shoes. Like, for me, I just, I don't know. Me and Kel, we had a lot of hand-me-down stuff, so was, and we got a lot of random shirts from our grandma who just <laughs> buys stuff that she doesn't even need. So once we had control over our own, like, what we what, what clothes we would wear and what we want to and what money and how we spend it, we kind of a little bit went a little crazy. Like, I... When I got, when I was kind of living on my own practically, I restocked my wardrobe practically of like what I wear. And I bought, for about a three month span, I bought like four pairs of shorts and like like 12 pairs, of, 12 t-shirts and like a, a hoodie. And it's like, I just re just did my whole entire closet and I just threw out everything else. So everything that I wear now, it's elite. It's at the most five years old. Everything else is pretty, pretty, pretty fresh. 
Well, heck yeah. But yeah, so everybody, that was our question time with Kelton. Random questions so you guys can get to know us a little better. So stay tuned next week for our next question time with Kelton. But that's enough for this section, so. Yeah, if that's something that you guys like, on our audiograph, which we've talked about before, it's just a sweet website where they're allowing us to connect with you listeners a lot more. If you go to Audiograph for this episode, which of course is linked in the show notes as always, um, we're going to have a little poll that says, do you like Question Time with Kelton? Let us know what you think about it. So, you were curious. But anyway, we're also, this episode is kind of exciting. We're introducing another segment as well that we came up with a uh, funny name for. Who's the Karen? So <laughs> You were supposed to cut it out with the power saw. Dude, I'm gonna. Oh, really? Yes. So go get the power saw. Okay, I will. So this <laughs> this is our segment where we pick, we vote, I should say, on who is going to be least excited about the movie. It doesn't mean they dislike it, just, you know, they like it the least. We could all say it's five out of five stars, but one of us is going to be the Karen, the person who is kind of the least excited about <laughs> that it. That just so, looks for something about it and just has something negative to say about it. I'm going to guess, am I allowed to guess myself? Yep. Is that? Can I do that? <laughs> we don't even have rules for this. Maybe, like, is that allowed? Maybe, yeah, this if is, that's this allowed, is first... I'm going to vote for myself. If that's not allowed, wait, should we, should we just decide right now? Is that allowed? Sure. Why yeah, not? it's I allowed. I'm going to vote for myself. Uh, the reason is <laughs> just because I know how much you guys like this movie. Not that I dislike it. I just I know that you guys are particularly passionate about your enjoyment of this movie. And I don't think that my excitement holds up to yours. All right, well, my vote for Who's the Karen is Harrison as well. <laughs> no <laughs> hatred to you, Harrison, but you're, I think you're the Karen. <laughs> now, this this is just all fun and games here, so um, my vote is also Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> three for three, baby. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just like, I don't know. I mean, when you first right. said, like, you were like, I'm looking for a way to... Like, you're wanting to criticize the movie somehow. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, all right. That's, that's my only, that's the only reason why I've, I've picked you. So, I'll, I'll get okay. picked for some other movie, I'm sure. If we did Captain Marvel, I would be Karen. I totally would. Yeah, that's true. You're a total Karen for that movie. <laughs> Stupid. Anyway, I guess I'm the Karen. And if your name is Karen, you're listening. Thanks for listening, first of all. But we're sorry. This is not an attack against you. Uh, apparently, I'm the Karen today. So now to kind of uh, also kind of near towards the end of our podcast, we're going to reveal if we were right. Um, we'll decide that later towards the end. But kind of to spoil whether we're going to be right or not is our segment, Pick Your Poison and MCU Ranking. Pick Your Poison is our personal rating scale here at the Basement Binge. So we have four rankings, either to never watch again, pretty self-explanatory, to stream, which is to stream it on a service that you're currently subscribed to. You know, you're looking for something to watch. It's kind of the attitude where, like, you want to watch something, but you don't have anything picked out. You're kind of mindlessly scrolling, and you pick, and you're like, yeah, sure, why not? It's kind of just like a filler. Rent, which is seeking out and willing to pay money to watch it, doesn't mean that you have to. It may be on a streaming service, but you'd be willing to watch it because you're in the mood for it. And then, of course, buy top of the list. Buy this movie to rewatch as many times as you can. Um, and then, of course, our MCU routine. So, pick your poison. I think it's going to be all around the board here. Buy. We all like this movie. We all enjoy rewatching it. It's a pretty big deal culturally as well. Uh, I, yeah, but for me, I'm speaking for Karen here. 
it was a buy. <laughs> yeah, it's I bought this movie. Let's put it that way. I bought this movie because this buy. I think this movie deserves to be in every single home, in my opinion. That's that's maybe that is a bold statement. Like this is a good movie, yeah. but that's a bold statement. Like, <laughs> I, I, I honestly, honestly, I, I really feel like this movie deserves to be in every single home because it's the movie is for you know. Now you don't have to be a superhero fan in order to be qualified to to buy this movie. This movie is for everyone, and. It's because it's like everyone owns Toy Story. Everyone owns uh, what's some of the movies? Like the, those classics, classic movies. You don't own Toy Story? No. I'm well, like, I mean, I'm like you've the movie seen owner it, out of the three right? of us. <laughs> yeah, seen like it. you've you've seen that movie. You see, you've seen Toy Story. You've seen Finding Nemo. You've yeah, yeah. seen Sandlot. Have you seen Sandlot? No, oh, multiple times. Okay, yeah. So it's like kind of like those classic movies. This movie, like, it just fits like just the last piece of the jigsaw puzzle just like fits in, and it's like everyone needs to have, have to own this movie because one, because I love it so freaking much, but two, it's just it is Endgame. It is the movie. It has made the most money ever in the box office. It it beat Avatar, which I don't even know the actual number. It's like two billion or three billion or something like that. That's it's ridiculous. just it's that's that's what I think. Every how it, the, this movie needs to be in every single home. All right, it's that good. Kelton, are you going to be the rule the or the rule breaker? I got one word for y'all. Bye. This is definitely bye. <laughs> like all right, down easy bye. Okay, easy enough. Enjoy the movie, everyone. Go buy it. Uh, so on to MCU ranking. This is where we review. Uh, if you're new to the show. We forever ago, way before we started the MC, we ranked all the movies before we started rewatching them. So we're gonna review where we put this movie and kind of discuss it. I'll go first. In the whole saga of twenty three movies, I put Avengers Endgame at number three. Uh, so pretty solid near the top. Definitely a good movie. There's just a few movies that, especially both now and at the beginning of this, I just felt particularly more attached to. But I still love this movie. So three solid spot. Kind of. Spoilers for later re-rank. It's probably going to stay there. Maybe go down to number four. Still undecided, but yeah. Solid movie. Like, I'm not complaining about it. This is a great movie. All right, well, for my ranking, I have this at numero uno. And it's going to stay. I'm sorry if this is just best MCU movie of all time, so that's just going to stay on top. Yeah. And I also have it at number one, and... To me, it's a crime to move it below number one. My opinion. It's a, a crime. crime. <laughs> Arrest that man. Just, it seals everything. Like every single MCU movie, it was made for the purpose of this movie. Wow, you feel strongly about this movie, and I did not know that. You know? <laughs> Kids, the Karen guys. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Karen. Maybe Karen's supposed to be that person who's like he's just the most passionate and just the most passive aggressive person of the group of, of the movie. Yeah, maybe yeah. just change it to that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So everybody, that is our ranking for the MCU. Make sure if you want to see our rankings. Wait, can they see our rankings? They ha- we have them on social media, right? Uh, yes. If not, I'll put them. There. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they are. Already. And also, if you want to see the rest of our rankings, we've obviously done it in our past podcast. But 
Like Harrison said, we will be doing a re-ranking now that we have just about finished the MCU. We have one more movie after this, but we will go through and re-rank where, which movie goes where in terms of the MCU. So make sure to be ready for that episode when it drops. Um, Definitely. The simplest way to view the rankings is on Letterboxd. They will be on all the social medias we have, but on my personal Letterboxd, Harry Perry 13, there's a list for all three of us, our previous rankings, so you can check them yeah. out there. But they'll be on social as well. I do believe they actually, I'm for sure, 100% sure they're on Facebook. Um, but yeah, make sure to check those out as well. We'll also have like our, um, uh, what are they called? Our profile names and whatever in the show notes as well. So um, yeah, that is that segment that goes into our binge points these are our easter eggs little secrets or just things that we like personally about the movie um yeah pretty simple so let's get this going and by the way this movie has a ton i think we could take like an hour alone just to talk about binge oh points. seriously this i love just as a note how this movie like if you're gonna end 10 years worth of movies that people love like that are deeply attached to and care about you got to throw in all these details, and this movie is full of them. Like, I remember being in the theater and just being excited about everything. Like, I know what that means. I know what that – like, that's from this. That's from this. And, like, it was done in the best way where it was, like, exciting as someone who enjoys these movies and has for the past 10 years. It was – it. they're just really well done. Some things can feel dumb thrown in, but in this one, it's just well done. Yeah, I would – yeah, I would argue that this movie has the most – binge points of all the mcu just because it, there's so many movies leading up to it and so many different characters and spoiler alert they go back in time so yeah you're obviously going to see like a bunch of old stuff and things from other movies and big shout outs and stuff so that's way fun as well um but yeah let's actually get into specific binge points okay what you got okay i got a lot and the first and biggest one that i want to point out is the opening scene to end to this this movie Endgame and Infinity War. So hear me out here. So opening scene to Avengers Infinity War is Thor and the and the um Asgardians. And the Asgardians. They they're attacked by Thor and Thanos. attacked by Thanos and Thanos has a power stone and gets the gets gets the space stone from Loki. Now, Loki dies in Avengers Infinity War in that scene, but before he dies, he says something. Now, first thing to point out, in that scene, the lighting of that scene is blue. has a blue tint to it. And Loki has the the, the Tesseract, and he, and he looks at Thor and says, the, the sun will rise on, on us again, brother. He says that phrase to him before he offers it up and dies and that whole scene okay move to avengers endgame it's nebula and it's um and it's uh tony stark the lighting i thought it started with yeah it's I, hawkeye oh, wait, i thought it started with hawkeye it's hawkeye it's hawkeye sorry that i forgot about that so there's that there's that opening scene how it just sets the tone for the whole movie again that everyone got dusted so the point where it's I wanted to show the similarity of the of the scenes was it was Tony Stark and Nebula in space. No, sorry. <laughs> so no, you're good. I really forgot about that scene. So both scenes, the ships are in are just in space, just like dead in the water, and the lighting is also blue with Tony Stark and Nebula, and Tony goes to sleep, 
as it's like his last leg, he's gonna he's gonna die probably because oxygen runs out tomorrow morning, and then the lighting lights up as if there is a sun rising in front of Tony, and it's Captain Marvel, and I had that that clicked in my head where like, is that what Loki was referring to Infinity War where the sun will rise on us again, to where the sun rises on Tony Stark that Captain Marvel saved Tony's life. Tor, he can eventually fulfill his, you know, quote-unquote destiny of saving the universe. But, like, I saw that that similarity was really cool. I don't know if you even guys thought about that, but just it clicked in my head when I was watching that that, that specific scene. That's pretty cool. Does, does that make any sense at all? Yeah. yeah that's a really cool thing about. Yeah. Um, I have a ton of other binge points. You guys have one that you want to point out? Wow, I have a ton. I, I just I'll just, like, rapid-fire mine off super quick. Um, get them over with um, and I wish I would have taken better notes because there's a ton more that I don't remember uh, but Tony lets Nebula win when they're playing like the finger football uh, he lets her win and like that gives her like such a strong connection to him and also like helps her in her empathy I don't know just like super great tele- character development um, the music in this movie is probably the best movie in any Marvel movie ever like I think it was Alan Silvestri did a phenomenal job with this movie like Oh, just every, I can't even begin to explain. There's so many scenes where just everything happening with the music is so complex. I'm going to talk about three ish scenes in particular. The first one, such a cool idea. When the Avengers title shows up, that is like the ultimate hype moment. Like, I remember being in theaters just losing my mind how hyped I was. But even more importantly than that, them the reason that it sounds like so loud and horny is because half of the orchestra is missing. Like, that is so smart. Yes. I was listening to, like, the the director commentary, and they talked about... I don't know if it was the director commentary. It was someone's commentary, but they talked about how half of the orchestra is missing, and Alan Silvestri wrote it that way because of the snap. Another moment is, of course, the portal scene. That is one of the best, like, superhero musics. That's just, like, a great film score right there. You've got Captain America's theme playing as he stands up, and honestly could have said I can do this all day, but didn't even need to. Stands up, has that great moment, like ready to take on Thanos and his whole army alone. And then everybody comes in and like the hype that comes with that music, as more and more and more and more people showing up, the music just keeps building. And like you think it's going to reach its peak and then it keeps building and then it keeps building. And it's just so well done with like how you're feeling, like your your excitement and your hype just keeps going. Um, I, I just love it. Um the other particular moment was when Tony Stark and Captain America go back in time to, um, like, 1970, New Jersey, I think it was. And, like, when Tony is sneaking around, like, trying to find the Tesseract, it's, like, showing – it's playing the Avengers theme, like, kind of like the hopeful, like, optimistic, like, hero-y sounding thing. But then it's also, like, super um, – uh, what's the word I'm searching for? Uh, like, heisty. Like, it sounds kind of, like, similar to the Ant-Man theme. I don't know. It's, like, just – it's a time heist, and it, it, the music just portrays the emotions so well. Um, but those are some quick ones that I'll just rattle off and pass it over to you guys. Dang, yeah, that's really cool. I didn't, especially the part about like the the snap, you know, because half the orchestra's gone. That's really awesome. Um, uh, I love there is what stood out. I've watched this pro, I think like four times now. This is my fifth. Um. A lot of the stuff that stood out to me this time was a lot on, like, a deeper level, emotional level and stuff like that. I picked up on certain things I didn't notice before. Um, 
But I just thought it was really cool just to see everything back in time and how, like, certain... It just seems so, like, childish, you know? Like, watching, it's like, oh, that was, like, such a tiny little problem. Like, they solved it, like, super easy, no big deal, right? Uh, which I think is always going to happen. Like, you know, the future Marvel movies, it's going to be, like, more insane. And, like, Endgame won't even seem like a big deal anymore, which I don't know is possible because this movie's, like, kind of way dance. But the point is, I... Right now, I am so caught up in, like, the emotions of the movie in certain scenes that I'm having a hard time, like, stepping back and looking at the cool little minor details. So I'm going to veto the rest of my binge points because I legit, that is not what I was focusing on this time around. I connected surprisingly at one scene with the worst hero ever, Captain America. But you'll have to wait to hear that when I go to fall in. So if you guys want to hear how I'm I relate, I'm way excited to hear that guy. Talking. Gosh, dang it! Go tune in to fall in. So, okay, oh. <laughs> I'll rattle off my real quick, and we can move on. Number one, um, when Black Widow was eating a, a pep, uh, PB and J sandwich, she cut it diagonally, and Nick Fury, Fury hates that. He he hates that cutting it diagonally. Number two, there are ballet shoes on the chair next to her, and that's a, that's a callback to her original her like origin story. I cut it the last second. This, there's ballet shoes on the chair. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Also, um, Hawkeye when they were talk, talking about the the soul stone and stuff like that, he said not it. When they were talking oh, about the soul stone, so I was like, oh, that's kind of funny because. Further on, they like fight over who's gonna die, and then two, uh, I thought um, Tony's shoes when he when he first they when they're in New York and they're trying to get the Tesseract and they're like following them after they just they just capture Loki, when he when he flies into the the top of the tower, his nanobite uh, suit it recedes from his shoes and he lands on his sneakers so they're so it's quiet. So it's like, dude, that's oh, smart. Because it would have like been a clicking noise because of his, his suit, right? But he, it, it moved up so his shoes were like really quiet. So he sn- was able to sneak in. And I was like, that's so freaking smart. And then my last one was, was Thanos trying to get the, the time stone as well? Did he know that it was in New York? Because he was going after, he was like, they had, he had the space stone. Is that why he invaded New York? Or was that just just to take over, take over Earth? I think it was. He was. I think that was more Loki taking over Earth. I think it was also to get the Tesseract. Like Thanos obviously wanted the Tesseract and the Mind Stone, but he gave Loki the Mind Stone to get the Tesseract. But Loki like invading Earth. I feel like that was more Loki. And I feel like Thanos. If I think about it, he would have been. He would have known that the Sorcerer Supreme was defending the time zone and probably would have gone after it after he had more of them and he was more powerful and more of a threat instead of just like purple thanos <laughs> right <laughs> also um when they're talking about the, the stones and stuff uh scott lang has no idea what, what is confused so he says i don't know what the heck you're talking about <laughs> just like he did in ant-man and the Wasp. he said that again he's completely lost like everybody else oh. but that's that's it for my bench points um, of the few that I wrote down, I'll finish rattling off here. Um, 
uh, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, he doesn't even know quantum physics. He just knows, like, the idea behind it. Like, for the five hours or whatever, they were stuck in the quantum realm. Like, if you remember from Ant-Man and the Wasp, he doesn't know anything about quantum physics. I just, he, like, he understands the idea of what time ca- travel can do with it, which I thought is interesting, and that's why they need help, Tony's help. Um, I think this movie does a great job of setting up its own time travel rules and then following it. Like, time travel is a complicated thing especially in comics and comic book movies and it can get really messy and really dirty and it in a very very good way it explains the rules of time travel and then follows them very well which i like it makes it way more enjoyable um i love seeing the details of all the in-between things of like what's happening like obviously everybody knows like the super posy scene from avengers when they're all like staring at loki like ready to capture him and then tony afterwards like all right we can all finish posing up a storm later and they like walk on <laughs> on it's like and then they're like carrying the test act it's just like funny to see the in-between stuff and just everything about it is just a love letter to the fans and like how much we know like when older cap tells um what i forget the guy's name is like hill hydra it's just like <laughs> it's just so great i, I think that's it i love that because not only is it hilarious and you're everyone like watching you're just like oh going nuts right but like it was kind of like a hats off to uh um winter soldier because i was legit thinking yeah. like oh here comes the you know elevator fight scene and then it's just like oh hail hydra and then it's like boom he's just like walking out with the freaking like a boss and you're like dude that worked man what the freak <laughs> so yeah i yeah. i totally agree with you harrison that's a good point Okay, now I have two others that I'll say super quick. That So Thor always calls Rocket a rabbit, even though he's not a rabbit. The Asgardians also call him a rabbit. Like when he's running away and the Asgardians are chasing him, they're like, get that rabbit! So <laughs> I, maybe Asgardians just call raccoons rabbits. Who knows? The other thing, and I'll get more into this in a fall-in, but we all know that Captain America goes back in time and stays with Peggy. Right before he leaves, he tells Sam one thing. He says, you're a good man. And if anybody remembers our fall-in from Captain America, the first Avenger, that's what made Captain America, Steve Rogers, Captain America, Ah. is that he was a good man. And he passes the torch on to Sam to become Captain America because he is a good man. And it really hit me this time. And I thought it was so cool. Like, and I never would have noticed that if it wasn't for Kelton pointing it out in our first Avenger episode. But I don't know. I just thought that that was great so actually that reminds me of another bench point in the exact same scene of uh when captain america is about to go back in time to replace the stones and he's talking to bucky and bucky says to captain america i'm gonna miss you and i'm like oh dude he knew like from the very get-go that he was gonna stay like i just barely like connected at that time and i was like oh dude that's nuts so, yeah, sorry to break my promise about no binge points, but that reminded me of that, Harrison. So, that's that. Yeah. Honestly, we could go on, but we, this is already a long podcast. So, on to the next thing. All right, least and likes. Your least favorite scene and your favorite scene. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, least favorite scene. Is there one? I mean, as far as on an emotional standpoint... When Natasha dies, just rips your freaking heart out. It just, oh, that's got to be my least favorite scene. It's seriously, oh, I, I had a feeling it was coming, but I 
just denied it the whole time. It's so well done. It's a great scene, but just like, oh, I hated that. Yeah, I'd I'd say my least favorite scene is actually the whole thing with Nebula, especially watching it like a second time through. I get kind of vibes of Star Wars 3, Revenge of the Sith, of like watching Anakin be an idiot and make terrible decisions. But every time I'm just like, come on, Anakin, maybe this time you'll like freaking figure it out and not kill the younglings kind of thing, you know? But like watching Nebula, it's like, gosh, dang, if she would just like freaking slam that teleporter thing on her wrist and just like go back to the future, she's fine. But oh. then, like, Thanos comes in, like, swoops her, and you're just like, crap, because none of the other heroes yeah. know, and, you know, now Thanos, kno- Thanos knows, and he's going to screw everybody's day up, and it's just like, gosh, dang it. And then also, honorable mention, just the whole vibe of, like, nothing goes right. And this extends from Infinity War. You're just like, gosh, dang it. Can't the Avengers just have one lucky break where everything goes smooth and nobody has to get shafted big time because that happens so much in this movie. But it keeps you entertained and hooked. Yeah. I remember I was talking to Kate about it or something. It's just like, nothing ever goes right for the Avengers. Like, especially Endgame and Infinity Wars. Just like, the worst possible thing that can happen, like, happens. And you're just like, mm, come on. But yeah, that's my least favorite scene. Definitely the whole Nebula, Thanos finds out stuff. I'm right there with you, Kellen. I just, like, watching him, like, why doesn't she just hit the stupid <laughs> time travel thing? Like, just go back in time. Like, you, you know he is coming. Just get out of there. But I think... And, like, it's kind of, get, like, I don't know. That's, like, my one plot hole in it. Like, why didn't she just get out of there? Like, Thanos never would have shown up if she would have just left. Um, but I think it's great for what it does for the character of Nebula and seeing the two sides of the coin that she's been on. I think it's – I love – I'll get more into this one if we have time, but I love Nebula in this movie. The emotional depth that they gave the character of Nebula, I did not see coming. Like, I remember being in Endgame and being like, whoa. Like, I did not expect her to be this big of a deal. And like to feel this much care and love for her. And Karen Gillian does a great job with her. Um, but just like the whole dynamic of having two of her and them being connected and her not escaping ugh, just irks me. Uh, but my favorite scene, I will go first and say it's the scene where Captain Marvel blows up the ship. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, like until, until I said that, I was going to say a different one, but then I was thinking about it. The hype that I got when Captain America caught Mjolnir, or the hype that I got when he said Avengers Assemble, or the hype that I got when everyone showed up, like, there is nothing, I at least up to this point, that I can even imagine that will ever beat the experience I had at those moments in the theater. But this isn't the theater. This was at home on my phone, and watching it this time, I got just hyped seeing Captain Marvel just blast through the ship. The CGI looked so good. I've really been reading a lot of Captain Marvel comics, and I've really liked the character now. Obviously, I talked about how much I love the movie, and so like just seeing her coming out of nowhere and just like just blow it up, that was sweet. That's my favorite. <laughs> All right, Kate, oh, what about you? What's your favorite? <laughs> okay, so this movie I watched in two segments. So it was the point where right before, right as they time they did their started their time heist, I stopped it and and I had to finish the day. Then the next day I finished the rest. So. I had a good solid chunk of the movie before all everybody showed up and Captain America grabs like pulls back Mjolnir and just like just stares down and just like says assemble and Thor just cries out this battle cry like that moment it still gets me and that's my favorite that's my favorite scene and it's just I wa- this is the third time I've watched this and I remember I held my breath like I knew it was coming. I just held my breath. I was like, I want to hear it. I, I just want to get the whole experience again. I wanted to feel it and just assemble. It's like, oh, 
you just want to lose it. When he says that, you want to go out and run and destroy something when he, when he says that. So, uh, so that's my favorite scene. You know what? I, in thinking about my favorite scene, as you guys know, I'm a hype man. That's just what I do. So scenes where like the music gets super intense and like watching some like dope War of Our Wars go down, Avengers Assemble is like one of my favorite all time scenes. Like I got so oh, hyped. Oh, I agree. Like watching this in the theaters, you know we went. I we've talked about this before, but we rented a movie theater with all of our friends, and when this scene happened, I almost cried. Like out of like the sheer like hype that was happening. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. <laughs> like, it was so insane. And the theater just erupts. We're all just like, gosh. Oh my gosh. I was like ready to go fight Thanos when that <laughs> happened. Like, seriously, I don't think every, anything will ever beat that moment in theaters. Because like, And it's not yeah. just that moment. It's like everything that builds up to that moment. Like, oh. I have this, Like, talking with you guys makes me realize how much I like this movie. Yep. Hands like down, if, if I is this was one of those episodes like Knives Out where it was on my own, I'd be like, oh, this movie was good, I liked it. But like talking with you guys, I'm like, no, I love this movie. <laughs> yeah, just the hype. I, and by the way, I think we talked about this before, but this is the first time in the entire M- MCU that Captain America finally says Avengers Assemble, and so it's just like, oh my gosh, all the hype, it's so, so much it. fun to watch. So I think that's hands down for me favorite scene of all time. But all right. Oh, yeah. Well, honorable mention was when Captain America pulled up Mjolnir yeah, and that was, the crap that out was of Thanos. Legit. Honorable mention. That was amazing. Yeah. All right. So now to reveal the Karen. Who is the Karen of this episode? I think we already know it was me. <laughs> and I feel Tell so bad saying that because I really. Why is it? Man, the first episode we have a Karen and I'm the Karen in his Avengers. And what the heck? But. See, tell you what, though, here's what I think. I think you're not as strong as a Karen as when we first started this podcast. Like, I would agree with you. I think I'm probably still the Karen, but I'm not as much as a Karen as I was. Yeah, you guys help me. Yeah, I agree. So, all right, guys, time for our big segment of Fall In. This is the messages that we got from the movie, things that impacted us, and kind of more a deeper level emotionally and whatnot. So, uh, my the thing I loved and I really appreciated this time around watching Endgame was we got to see the big three, Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor of the Avengers, all have a moment where they were able to resolve something from their past. And I absolutely loved watching it. We know Iron Man got to connect with his dad in a really special way and he saw that like his dad would have done anything for him in the world like he loved him even though he didn't spend as much time with him that was awesome and we know his relationship with his dad wasn't the best but it was awesome to see captain america got to finally live out his life with his sweetheart like peggy like wow we finally you know i just remember captain america first avenger it was so sad the end of that movie just because you hear like see peggy crying because she thinks Captain America just died. But for them to see them, like, be back together is, like, super happy. And then Thor, we got to see him, like, step into the role of realizing he gets to be who he is and not who he's supposed to be. And he gets to reconnect with his mother and, like, finally say goodbye to his mom, who he, like, that, like, looked up to so much. And so I really, really loved how we got to see each of those three, like, 
kind of get like resolve some things from their past and just like settle things. Closure. Yeah, exactly. Get some closure. But the one scene that I absolutely, I almost cried at, was when Captain America, um, and this is fantastic acting by Chris Evans. But when Captain America, he sees Thanos come down with his whole army, and he just had his shield, like, obliterated. And, you know, there's, like, absolutely no hope, and he stands up. And when he sees everyone arriving through the portals, I thought I saw tears in his eyes, and it made me think in to his point of view. He knew he was going to die. Like, 100% hands down. He can't even beat Thanos by himself. But, you know, he stands up and will give his life to try and save the universe. Like, wow. And then to see, like, the relief and, like, joy and, like, happiness of not only seeing his friends again, but knowing that, like, yes, we can do this together. Like, I don't know, it hit me, dude. Like, just seem like, just imagine myself in that position where it's like, you know what? I know I'm going to fail, but I'm going to stand up. Like, it just hit me. I was like, you know what, Captain America? Maybe you're not a total piece of trash like I thought. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... It made it, rede- he redeemed himself a little bit just because of that. I and mean, we know that's Captain America. That's just what he does. He'll always stand up and fight. But in Endgame, I, I personally really love seeing him, like, the, the emotion on his face as he saw everyone show up and he realized, like, we can do this, you know? I absolutely yeah. love that part. I have a lot to say about that scene, but Kate's got to get going, so we'll let him do his fall in and then Kelt and I will talk more about that. Okay, so... I agree with you, Kelvin. That whole point where he really he gives his all. And so I really was expecting him to 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 die. He was the one to die. But then Tony Stark really comes in. One we mean Kelvin and I have been talking this talking about this for a couple of days, is that Tony Stark, out of everybody, he had everything to lose. He had a wife, he had a family, he had a home to come home to after this is all over. And he had just he had finally had closure with his father. He had everything to lose. And so that his, his death was so huge. And I think this movie really shows like whatever it takes, like whenever it comes to like, it's like in, in Infinity War, everybody struggled to, to make that sacrifice. It's like if, you know, make the sacrifice of just don't tell them where the Infinity Stones are, but they always gave up. They always like, you know, they're going to lose somebody. And then they, 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 you know, they gave up like, all right, it's this, it's here. Like, with Gamora Nebula or with Doctor Strange and the Time Stone and everything. And but this time they were willing to make that sacrifice. And that's what I think right now in life is that there you can avoid you can avoid situations a lot of the time, but there are some points where you have to make a sacrifice. And that sacrifice won't be as dramatic as, you know, with Tony Stark, but a sacrifice can be made and it's gonna be okay, even though you will have to make that sacrifice. That's what I really got out of this movie, you know. But that's that's my fallen take. Peace out, home dogs. Yeah. I agree. There's there's a lot of people in this movie um who really give so much and it it it's interesting to me, especially with what you said, Kelton, um, about Captain America at the beginning, just so everybody knows, so it doesn't sound weird, Kate's gone. It's just me and Kelt now. Um, but um, at the beginning, when 
Captain America is talking to like that group. I don't know what group it is, but you know the group like in that building. Yeah, therapy group. That's what you probably be called. He says he's like I keep trying to tell people that they need to be whole and like find purpose. Like we got to move on, and then oh he says we got to move on. We got to keep going. And then later to the Black Widow, he says I keep telling people that that we have to be whole to find purpose. And there's a whole lot to say about that. What would happen if everybody got snapped away, and what would happen over the five years? But I think. Captain America's purpose has always been for to give himself to others. And like you just see that when he stands up. Like I I I get teary-eyed every time. I've watched this movie a lot. And every time he stands up, he tightens his shield over his broken arm that's bleeding and he doesn't say anything. He just kind of like grits his teeth together. And he just stands there and it makes me teary-eyed and then he turns around and he sees people coming and like i don't know i if you're one of those people that just hate on the mcu and you think there's nothing good about it it's not artistic at all there's no talented people watch this scene and understand what's going on there and see how good at acting chris evans in in a moment where he's a captain america and like how much emotion he portrays in that moment it says so much to someone who just is standing up against everything. Like he, like you said, Kellen, he knows he is going to die, but that is his purpose. And so he is whole in that moment living for it. And it allows him to move on. Like, I feel like he had been continually trying to live his life to, to succeed and giving people to giving himself to people the way he wanted to. And like, so to speak, that was his moment that allowed him to be whole and find purpose to be able to move on to be able to move on and not be Captain America anymore, but to be Steve Rogers living with Peggy. And to be honest, I have had such a problem with that end scene with Peggy because it is not fitting to the character of Captain America. But talking to you right now, I just had the realization of how it is. Right. I, see, it's nuts as you see him, like, I don't know, it was really cool because we got to see Iron Man, Tony Stark, kind of have that life. And, you know, he talked about how he wanted to try it out as well. And I think it tied up really well, like, the first Avenger, the Captain America, the first Avenger. But, yeah, that I that scene, like, gets me. I don't, like, I, it, I finally saw it this first time because I've never liked Captain America. But it's just powerful, dude, that scene. You're just, like, you, I think that, that, that totally, like, sums it up. Like, you talking about how he, like, tightens his shield. You know, broken shield over like this giant cut, like broken arm, and he's just like, "All right, you know, let, let's freaking do this." And you're like, "Oh my gosh, like, wow, yeah." It's like it, I got like teary eyed when I was watching the first time. I was like, "Gosh, dang, dude!" But um, I think this movie, I was surprised at how much emotion there was in it, to be honest. And oh yeah, one thing that like gets me every single freaking time I watch this movie is when Tony Stark is dying. He just snapped his fingers. And Pepper Potts tells him that he can finally rest. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my. Because, like, earlier, he talks about, like, oh, I could just, when you know, with the whole time thing, when he figures out how to go back in time, he's like, I could just tie this up in a box, throw it to the bottom of the lake, and, you know, and then I could go to sleep. And she's like, sure, you could go to sleep, but will you be able to rest? And you're like, oh, dang. And then to see that, like, happen... Like, he has fulfilled his purpose, he has done what he can do, and now he can rest. It's just like, oh my gosh. I don't know, I think, oh. uh, it's a crazy theme as we get to see, like, a lot of the heroes kind of fulfill their purpose in a sense. 
and be able to either move on with their lives or kind of live up to what they've always wanted to do, I guess. Yeah. I I was going to mention this in Binge Points, and I forgot to. In the first Avengers movie, Steve and Tony get into an argument, and they tell each other, Steve tells Tony, he's like, you're not the type of person to lay on the line, like, to lay on the wire and let everyone pass over to you. And Tony's like, yeah, I would just cut the wire. And then Tony to to Steve is like, everything special of you came out of a bottle. And, like, in that end scene, they both proved each other wrong. Like, Captain America lifting Mjolnir proved Tony wrong, and Tony sacrificing himself proved Steve wrong. Uh, it's just so, like, poetic the way it ends for the two of them. <gasps> what? Dude, that is, that is good filming right there. Like, to see... Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. Like... I don't know if they plan that from the <laughs> but it fits so well. Like, it's not one of those things that you're just like, oh, I love this franchise. I just got to shoehorn this thing. And, like, it works. Like, it really fits everything that they've stood for and everything that they do. But I agree with you. I was, I, especially this time, I was blown away by the emotion in this movie in so many moments. Like, the emotion with Nebula, the emotion with Captain America, the emotion with Tony, like we're talking, the emotion with Thor. Like, oh, my gosh. Thor, oh especially my. this time. Like, when he's talking to his mom and when he's crying and, and Rocket slaps him, like, if you know someone who's dealing with depression, don't treat him the way that Rocket does. That's just that's <laughs> bad. But, like, when he wants to, like, he walks up to pick up the glove to snap his fingers and Tony stops him. And he's like, he, like, starts crying. He's like, please, just let me do something good. It's just like, oh, my gosh. I know what you mean. I feel you, dude. Yeah, dude. I, that's insane. So good. I I think I would. I think you could take any character from this movie, and write like a fifty-page book report on them, on like their character arc, because it's yes. so there's so much going on as you try and go into like the in-depth emotions that each of them are feeling, because they're all going through some some like shizzy stuff, dude. Like some hardcore, like super hard things, and to watch them like be able to deal with it and like overcome it is super powerful and i in my mind that's how I, I see a superhero today is just like their ability you know obviously you know in our real world there may not be people who are like the hulk or like thor god of thunder kind of stuff but like that a superhero is your ability to like overcome the challenges that well to some people and they may not be like super hard but to you they are like a battle against thanos they seem impossible to overcome but the fact that you can get down just like to the best of your ability, do what you can and be able to like overcome that is like a superhero to me. Yeah. So at at any point in your life, no matter what you're facing, whether you're a doctor or researcher trying to find a cure for the coronavirus or you're battling your own mental health or trying to be a college student and save money or whatever, there comes a moment where you are against Thanos and his army. And you got to stand up and tighten your broken shield onto your broken oh, Dude. And just stand Ooh. up against everyone. Chills. Literal chills, dude. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of ruined that, but wow. That was way like, cool. <laughs> there comes that moment for everyone. I just hope that when that comes for me, and it will come multiple times, that I'm able to stand up. Because there's been moments that I haven't. And I hope that the next opportunity I will stand up. All right, everybody, that is your challenge today, that you can prepare yourself or be able to reach out to others to get help or fix things in your life 
so that when that moment comes, when it seems like everything's on the line, that you're going to lose, but that you can stand up, tighten your shield, and look Thanos in the eye, and just be able to keep moving on. So we challenge you guys to make the changes or prepare yourself in whatever way you need to to be able to do that. Yeah, definitely. That's a great fall-in, Kellen. I'm glad you started it with Captain America. Because there's, like you said, there's so many different characters and so many different emotions to talk about, but I'm glad we talked about this one. Yeah, this was way cool. Not going to lie. I had some, like, mind-blowing, like, moments right there. I, I really like this fall-in. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Like Kellen said, go stand up against Thanos. The Thanos is in your life. Um, but we would really appreciate it, guys, on a very less serious podcast level if you could of course go to the audiograph that i mentioned in the show notes and let us know what you think about question time with kelton we like it obviously but we want to know what you guys think be a simple poll over there you can just tell us what you like um but of course also share this with anybody who you think would enjoy a podcast about avengers endgame particularly that fall in section i really feel like we hit something there special so share that with people you know in any form um you know just have them come down on the show and listen to it. we'd love to have them enjoy the way that we did uh, we appreciate you guys. All the links to our social medias, of course, is in the description, audiograph, our Patreon, all the great things you can check us out there. Of course, you can download the Basement Binge on any podcast listening source, wherever you listen to them. We'd appreciate it. Um, as a recommend, if you want to check out one of our other episodes, I would recommend to you the first Avenger. Um, I've been thinking about that a lot. If you, Especially this conversation we had about Captain America. Go check out the first Avenger. Kelton pointed out some great things to me about that movie and really helped me love it. So I'd recommend that to you. Yeah, um, as well, uh, a good episode. I feel like I really connected to emotionally, and I think a lot of other people would totally love to listen to. Is our episode? It's our twenty eighth episode. Is Interstellar? Um, there's a lot of things going on in that one. Pretty complicated, but what we talk about in Fallen is really awesome. And, you know, there's some really cool, like, family values shared. And so, if yeah, you guys go check out that episode as well as our other episodes. And if you like this fallen that we had today, Harrison and I in Endgame, there's a lot of other really cool talks that we've had over the past episodes. So make sure to check them out. Yes, and thanks for our patience as we've been doing this. We're trying to finish up MCU despite how crazy our lives have been. So Spider-Man Far From Home, come next. We're going to hear how much Kellen hates that movie. (laughs) I'm really interested to see how I watch this movie because the first time, I don't know if it was I just genuinely didn't like it or I just had a weird mindset. I don't know. I'm really curious to see how I take this movie. So, yeah, make sure to tune in next week, guys. Okay, spoiler for everybody who's listened to us for this long because it's been over an hour. We appreciate you guys. Yeah, you guys are Uh, awesome. This is a long one. Give us a little insight right now to spider-man far from home what's your pick your poison right now like before rewatching Ooh, it, what okay right now this? right now um let me think i remember i saw this in theaters and i walked out and i was not hooked whatsoever i would say right now this is probably just a stream if i'm really really bored wow like really bored I might watch this. Right now, I'm curious to watch it just to see if I have, like, a different take or if I'll like it more this time. But if you were to ask me right when I walked out of the theater, like, oh, you want to go watch again? I'd be like, no. Like, I got other things to do. So, yeah, right (laughs) now, I am at stream. We will see if it changes by the time our next podcast comes. 
So. Alrighty. I'm curious though. Okay, Future Herson, again, coming back at the end of this episode. If you guys have listened through this whole thing, thank you. Uh, it was a great episode. Kilton and I had a great time talking about it. Um, we said Kate had to go. But thanks, you guys, for listening for the whole thing. Again, we appreciate your patience and how long it takes us to get this episode out to you. Um, so please subscribe. We got a ton of episodes coming out this week, like I mentioned at the beginning. Today, you got Avengers Endgame. Tomorrow, you're getting 1917. The day after that, Spider-Man Far From Home. And then Saturday, Mad Max Fury Road re-review solo episode from myself. And then Monday, Memorial Day, Avatar, the James Cameron's movie, uh, with a be- guest we're having on the show. So please subscribe. We appreciate you guys' patience. Check out the autograph. Take the polls. Let us know what you think about Question Time with Kelton. What, th- what you guys thought about the new segment, Karen. Um or guess I Karen, whatever. I forget what we called it. Who's the Karen? Whatever. We appreciate you guys. Ciao, ciao. All right. Adios. What it do, baby? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.